Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome, and it is Monday morning, March 7th. We've made it to March 7th already. The combine is over. We are on the precipice of... The NFL offseason kicking off, and that means it's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall, and joined by, as always, Scott Kennedy. Scott, happy post-combine, man. A lot of fun. What a what a great week, and really didn't disappoint, man. And really building up the hype for the uh, the NFL draft this year. Yeah, the Bonneville Salt Flats this week, I'm telling you. There were some fast, fast times. I think, you know, the Indianapolis turf, AstroTurf, was always renowned for being a slow track. Not anymore. I was surprised after the first night that anybody – neglected to run i'd be begging to run on that surface please please let me run yeah no it's uh man it was a really awesome combine out there i the thing that was bothering me was how different the official times were than the unofficial times right like they were not hitting those at very well at all and people <laughs> were reacting me um to the unofficial times and they'd be off by almost a full tenth of a second which is <laughs> not great um but i guess that's why you have the official times and that's why you wait but man what a what a fun draft and i know that we said that a lot of people, and I said as well, um, that this was not as good of a draft at the top this year. Maybe you don't have the best football players off the gate right now, but the front seven, the trench players, especially on the defensive line, um, did not disappoint, man. What a what a great showing from the defensive line. These guys are getting so freaky, it's insane. Yeah, the depth. The, the depth. We've said it a zillion times. I mean, the, the depth in this class is tremendous. And if you're the Broncos sitting there with multiple picks in the top 100, you're you're up, you're doing this. You know, you're you're excited about what you're going to be able to do to to bring in to address the lines of scrimmage or, hey, get another wide receiver. Why not? Um, maybe I take a, a flyer on a quarterback that falls to me. There's this is a it's a second round draft. It really is. <laughs> yeah, it's God, I it's such a it'll be a lot of fun. It's a, it's a trench draft. No doubt about it. Some good tackles, some good edge rushers. Good defensive linemen stepped up as well. Um, I did think that overall the top linebackers kind of disappointed um, on the athletic testing. They're still good, but uh, I don't know if you caught this. I tweeted it out yesterday. Um, somebody that we talked about a lot. First, let's say hello to Jacob Foster. Jacob, thanks so much for your support for the stars. We appreciate you. I know we always say if you have any uh, questions for us, make sure you ask it because we will <laughs> bring you to the front of the line. Um, but uh, interesting you know, little tidbits coming out of the draft, and that's one of the more fun, fun things about the combine as well is the information. Um, Lance Zerline and uh, – Bucky Brooks saying that a lot of teams view Quay Walker as a better prospect than Nicobe Dean because Nicobe Dean is point blank too small and uh, plays too physical of a game for the size that he is. Um, he's a small, slender 220, and they don't think that he's the type of guy that you typically see go in the first round. So, uh, Nicobe Dean, you guys can stop badgering me about taking him at number nine overall because it's not happening. Yeah, I um, it, he's still good. But he, yeah, he is. But again, it's limited. You you look at you know as a comp maybe Deion Jones in in Atlanta, who is two ten, who piles yeah. up some numbers, and if he's got plenty of guys in front of him to let him run and use his speed and instincts, yeah. then then he's really really good. Um, if he doesn't, and he's got to scrape and fight off blocks and do all that type of stuff, 
then he's not. And that, that's not necessarily a guy you want at nine. Um, again, I, I like him for what everything, and I've said before, I, I could, I could give you reasons to be excited for him at nine. Doesn't mean I want yeah. him at nine. I, I think yeah. that's too high for him. Um, but you know, Hey, if he falls and enough people talk bad about him and you can grab him in the second round. Yes, please. Yeah, absolutely. Let's say hi to some people in here before we really get into covering the combine here. Um, DWI guys, Ethan, good morning, Jensen Broncos country. Good to see you. Mile high truth. Good morning to you. The, with the smiling sun emoji. We all need that. It is so foggy. It's like a frozen fog here in Seattle today. So not the best morning. Um, EJ says, good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos country. We got one of the biggest freaks of the combine here. EJ talking about him. Jordan Davis ran a four, seven, eight 40. I still can't believe that. I was like, I was at work cause I've been at working six days a week. Um, for like two months now, which I'm dying. Uh, but uh, I was like viscerally shaking after I saw that because I couldn't believe what I had just seen. I, I couldn't believe it, Scott. Well, I, I think, I mean, the 478, okay, yeah. I mean, that in itself, but I mean, let's just, let's look through this just a little bit because for me, it wasn't even the 478 that was the most impressive. It was the 10 foot three broad standing broad jump. Yeah. I mean, did the yeah. earth shake when he hit? I mean, a 10 foot three, when I was doing, again, this is high school. And these are fully developed kids, uh, kids, you know, grown men. You know, this guy could, is the size of a black bear. Um, that's, what, that's what I was confident to when I heard these numbers and stuff. I'm like, 340 pounds. He is a bear. He is literally a bear. Uh, that the 10 three on a standing broad jump is insane at that size. And you know what? who didn't get talked about enough just because Jordan Davis stole all the headlines what was Travis Jones. Oh, I was you know, Travis Jones Wyatt. coming in at 6'4", 326, 492 with, uh, he was 110 inches. What's the math on that? I have to change all these conversions. It was nine foot and change in a standing broad yeah. jump. It was really good. Uh, probably nine, two, nine, two yeah. on that. And, and, and then uh, Jordan Davis does a full other foot. I mean, that's, that was the one. I mean, yeah, four seven eight. Yeah, you got my attention. That's awesome, amazing. But I mean, a ten two on that size—that's unheard of. Yeah, it was insane. And uh, he's now in the conversation for the Broncos at nine. I think that there will be nine other guys that I would prefer to Jordan Davis at nine. But uh, he's definitely one of the fifteen or so guys that makes sense uh, there. So we got poor man's poison coming in. Good morning. Looks like he's got a beautiful picture of an alpine lake there. I'm itching to get it back out in the back country. So. Getting me through it. Um, Jeremy Sean's in the house. Good morning, all. Let's hope Aaron decides he's a Broncos th- a Bronco this week. Yeah, sounds like again for the twentieth Tuesday in a row, Aaron Rodgers might decide tomorrow. Um, we'll see. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, I'm I'm becoming jaded by this. I think we all just need to uh, move on. Um, I guess thanks, Aaron, for the content. But gosh darn, man, I'm ready. I'm ready for some resolution. I, I still think middle of the, the middle of the month. You know, March sixteenth is some sort of deadline, isn't it? That's coming up for free agency or for free franchise tagging and all that type of stuff. The ta- That's the, the only thing he's ever said. Everything else has yeah. been speculation on our part. You know, people with microphones or typewriters has been yeah. speculation trying to figure it out. And then people get mad when someone like me says, well, Aaron might decide tomorrow. And then he doesn't, they get mad at Aaron. Don't get mad at yeah. Aaron. Get mad at me. I'm the one that, that told you it was going to happen. So I, I think middle of the month still, I, I still don't yeah. think it happens this week. I think it happens after next week. hundred percent. Um, 
so timeline wise, uh, Tuesday tomorrow is the deadline for the franchise tag. Um, so that's why it's a big hurdle because that's the Devontae Adams watch, I guess, so to speak for the Packers. Um, March 14th, I believe is when legal tampering opens. And then March 16th is officially the free agency period kicking off. Um, so gosh, that's, next week, that's what I think is, yeah. is that, that week, which is not this week, but middle of next week. Soon, soon. Dave Glassman of the hearts. Thank you so much, Dave. Uh, us Dave giving us tr- a hard time. Hey, you guys started on time. We typically start very close to on time. Um, there's some other shows out there that'll be, you know, 15, 20 minutes late. Well, if we're two minutes late, Nick and I both start getting twitches. Yeah. And a lot of times it's my fault because uh, I feed the dog and get him kenneled in the morning and I need to make myself my coffee machine does not make it makes a half a pot and a full pot. And we always drink about three fourths. So I have to make like one cup and then half a pot. Otherwise, it's not enough. And, and, and it's I, also 630 a.m. for him. It's 930 for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little early, um, but uh, we got Albert Hopper's coming in saying good morning, everyone. Good to see you. Facebook users. I wonder if this is Trevor. Good to see you. Miguel always coming in with the stars. Thank you so much, Miguel. Make sure you guys are getting the stars in on Facebook uh, because we are resetting and have a new stars goal for March. So if you get your stars and you get a chance uh, to win a jersey of your choice, maybe you can. If I was doing that, I would personally wait to see what happens in the uh, draft. Uh, and be like, you know, hold off my jersey for a second, Chad. I want to see who this number one is so I can get a five-year guy there. Uh, or you can just go with the Sertan. That's a tried and true. But thank you, I Miguel. Always, I go with the legends. Go with the yeah. legends. Go retro. Yeah, I, I will say, though, number two, uh, cornerback Sertan, number two, is a pretty s- sleek-looking jersey. Uh, Kathy coming in over, I think, across the pond. Oh, yeah, <laughs> across the pond. Hey, guys, good morning from Germany. It's always good to see Kathy in here. Also, Stephen Baumgartner says, good morning, everyone. Awesome to see you. Ken Booker. Oh, go ahead. You, you clicked one there. Yeah, Patrick coming in with some stars as well. Appreciate you, Patrick. Thank you for the support, my friend. Awesome. Thank you so much, Patrick. Uh, we got a question coming in from Ken. Ken always gets his money's worth because he yeah, he says good morning, but he always wants to ask a question too. Um, who is one player who hurt their stock with the combine and one player who helped their stock? Um, somebody who hurt their stock. Unfortunately for me, um, somebody who hurt their stock is going to be Trent McDuffie. Uh, he did pretty darn well um, at the combine in general. But the list of cornerbacks who succeeded in the league with sub 33 inch arms is not our sub 30 inch arm length is not very long. Um, So he probably limited himself to purely the slot um, and that might drop him a bit. He's very smart. I think he's good. A good fit for a lot of ski or uh, match quarters off zone scheme. But that sub 30 inch arm length, a lot of teams, I believe, will just simply take him off their board because he's not going to fit their uh, their metrics, their thresholds. Uh, Someone who hurt Traylon Burks. I think, uh, you know, he was he was being talked up as this freak athlete that you could use in a multiple situations. And he tested meh. I mean, for for someone that's supposed to be a freak athlete, you're not saying, oh, the body control, the route running, the hands, the knowledge of the game. You're talking about athlete was his biggest talking point. Um, He measured big six two two and a half uh, two twenty five. But, you know, a four five five forty. That's that's good. That's plenty fast. But again, that's not freaky. Uh, and what worries me probably a little bit more than that is just a 33-inch vertical is okay. Um, and then a, a 122, so a 10-foot-2 standing broad jump. Now, let me go back up to our friend Mr. Davis again, and we'll compare those numbers because, again, for a freak wide receiver athlete, uh, you heard me just say his numbers, and Jordan Davis came in uh, with a 47840, so two-tenths of a second. That's a couple steps, two-tenths of a second slower. Uh, a 32 inch vertical, which was right on the same, uh, one inch, one inch slower. I think I said 33, and 123 inch. So he actually did a, a bigger standing broad jump on uh, a, a, 
a 340 pound six foot six nose guard. Now I'm comparing him to maybe the best combine performance from a guy in that size of all time. But the point is, is if I'm talking about a freak wide receiver and he's getting even keel with yeah. a nose guard, that ain't my guy. Yeah, no, Burks is, it's unfortunate that he felt that way. He went more of the LaVisca Chenault route rather than the Demarius Thomas route. He's still decently fast. And one thing he has going for him that most of these wide receivers don't in this class is he actually has some mass. Um, this is the smallest wide receiver testing combine group of all time. Um, and they were also the fastest, but like a lot of these guys are diminutive and small guys in the NFL. I think you can have more small guys than you used to because safeties and linebackers can't headhunt like they used to be able to. And you have more spread uh, concepts on the field, more space to work with. But still, um, small and fast doesn't always play long term with durability. Um, you need to have a little bit of thickness. And here's the thing. If you like Traylon Burks, you're excited. You're, you're happy. I mean, it's I don't know if you have y'all have ever gone into any kind of draft like that. You know, I've done it with, uh, you know, with Little League Baseball, with rec baseball, where you're drafting guys and you're like, I really like that kid. I hope he tanks. I'm like, tell Spencer to strike out five times. Yep. Don't you, don't do well. Do not do well. I want to get you here. Now, that doesn't do good for players who are getting paid on a tiered-based contract. So he cost himself some money. But if you like him, hey, now maybe I can get him in the second round. Yeah, um, I, I might be kind of excited about it. So there's there's definitely two ways to look at it. The, pers- the two people that would probably be most upset about his performance are Burks himself and his agent. Yeah. Yep. Um, he'll still find himself in the first round, but uh, I think Garrett Wilson is wide receiver one coming out of the combine for me. Uh, if Burks would have tried- tested like a freak, you know, being that big, then I- then we would have a different conversation. But alas, not quite there. So he'll be probably a good player. Uh, Raymond Alexander Mercer O'Neill saying, good morning, guys. Let's go get this quarterback or something beneficial. Um, Scott, did you come out? So I came into the combine thinking no quarterback at nine. I leave the quarterback thinking Malik Willis with 20 question marks after it, because like, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Um, and I've listened to a lot of people down there at the senior bowl saying like, if you're going to swing on one, maybe it's only got a 10% chance of working out, but by God, I, any, and I think people who like put on, let's say somebody's like, Oh, we should take Kenny Pickett at nine. I think we should like bird what is that bird box movie where they can't look at the aliens or they die um make them watch uh the bills versus the chiefs this year when patrick mahomes and josh allen went nuclear and say there is no way in hell kenny pickett is ever going to be able to go toe-to-toe with guys like that there's a reality out there where malik willis can go blow for blow and go nuclear i don't see it with any of these other quarterbacks period the only thing the only thing i learned from this draft that I didn't already know going in from this combine was that Desmond Ritter's faster than I thought. Yeah. Um, and I already knew he was, he was mobile. You could see it. You could see how smooth he is running out, but he's running, running four five, two. And again, I mentioned, you know, Traylon Burks at four five, five. That's not a bad time. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But if your calling card is my freakish athleticism, four five, five is fast. It's NFL fast. It's I can yeah. play any position in the NFL fast sauce Gardner fast. It is. It's really fast for a quarterback. Yep. So other than that, there wasn't anything that these guys could have done, honestly, as quarterbacks yep. to to change. Not not in this setting. This just isn't the setting to separate guys you've been watching for a full year for, for the quarterback yeah. position. The, the big thing that comes out of here is what happens in the interviews. Um, and that's the information about the quarterbacks that matters. If somebody really struggles. Um, and, I say, in the, and, and in that case, Nick, I assume that they're all decent kids. So unless yeah. they blow it up, you know, negatively. Yeah. You know, um, 
you know, Desmond don't play on Sundays, you know, whatever, you know, something like that. It's, you know, oh, sorry, I'm, I'll, I'll be there when I get there. You know, Kyler yeah. plays when Kyler plays, you know, whatever. Yeah. Then I don't even consider that too much. Honestly, I don't. Yeah. Watch for the, uh, I'll, I will say in that vein, uh, watch for the Derek Stingley slide based on what I heard about the interviews. Um, but uh, that's one to keep an eye out for. It sounds like Malik Reed uh, absolutely did awesome in the interviews. Um, very genuine, a lot of energy. Of course, all it takes is one team. Um, but uh, he had answers to every question. Um, and maybe that's coached up. Who knows? But at least he has the ability to be coached up. That There's something to be said for always having the right answer, too, because that means you're listening and took in information. So I'm intrigued, at least. Um, if it's not a quarterback, though, you know, that's, there are other guys down here in this draft where I think you can probably get a solid one at 40. That's probably not a long-term answer, but it's a kick the can uh, dice roll. Um, Klee says Thibodeau didn't impress. Thibodeau was fine. The fact that he didn't do the drills is concerning. He might fall all the way to eight um, in this draft. We'll see what happens. Albert Knoppers, your favorite from the combine is Jordan Davis. Always the, the favorite. Cause it's so fun to see a big guy move and jump that fast. But like Trevon Walker, I'm glad to feel a little bit of vindication there because that guy was an absolute freaking freak. Six foot five, seven foot wingspan, sub seven second three cone, running in the four five forties, jumping out of the gym. Uh, his agilities for six five were insane as well. Uh, he might go as high as number three overall. Um, it's just that is what it is. And people are like, oh, why didn't he have the stats? Well, he's twenty years old. They're playing him in a weird kind of scheme at Georgia. He's playing over the like straight up over the tackle um, five technique, which is weird for an edge rusher as well. You see Jermaine Johnson go from Georgia last year, uh, four sacks lined up at a five technique then goes to Florida States, and I think he gets four, 12 or 14 this year with the wider alignment, different assignment, different roles there. So Javon Walker absolutely killed it. Um, Sauce Gardner, too. The fact that he ran like he did and moved like he did in the drills at 6, what was it, 6'2", six, 6'3", six, with the length he has, that's a pretty damn impressive movement corner, and uh, apparently he was a dude in the interviews as well. He brings an edge. Speaking of edge, uh, how about Aiden Hutchinson? Okay. Mm-hmm. For those that just get caught up in the 40 times and you're seeing some of these guys that are just going bananas out there, you know, running yeah. four threes as, as edge guys. If you there's enough people in here of enough repeats, I say watch the shuttles, watch the L cones, watch the Burt, watch the standing broad jump. Those are the things to me that tell me who the the real athletes, the 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 the, the measurements that translate better to uh to actual football players. And if I'm not mistaken. Aiden Hutchison had the best three cone and best shuttle of any of the edges, any of them. Now he was he six seven, two hundred and sixty pounds, and he ran a four seven four forty. That's really good for that size. But when you're running with guys that are running the four threes and four fours, people are like, "Oh, Aiden, I don't know." Then he goes out and runs a six seven three shuttle. Let me scroll to the corners, the defensive backs. Oh, I don't have their numbers in front of me. I don't. But a six seven three corner and a Four one five uh shuttle is going to be defensive back like. So he did just fine for himself. And if you want Aiden Hutchinson, you're hoping the four seven would scare off some stupid people. There aren't that many yeah. stupid people that are making these draft picks, and they're gonna love what they saw from Aiden Hutchinson. So any questions I had about him coming in and his athleticism, question asked, question answered. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that a lot of people called him the uh evil Bosa brother um, because he went to Michigan instead of Ohio State, right? But like his metrics, um, the Bosa's, neither of them had incredible wingspans or arm length. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson doesn't really have that. Neither of them looked incredible in the movement skills, um, in the, uh, 
I didn't think either, any of them looked great in the coverage drills um, that you saw because they're more of the versatile upfront kind of guys rather than dropping a coverage. You can't do it every once in a while because you want to have that uh, card in your pocket. But um, he looked really good, and I think it would be pretty damn shocking if he did not go number two overall um, after this. So, we'll, I mean, we'll get into it here. We're going to do a draft here. I think we should, with the post-combine, I think we should do just a simple top ten. Um, but uh, speaking of top ten, real quick, thank you for our first super chat of the day over on YouTube, guys. Uh, Rock Chalk Broncos, Rock Chalk. I think you were talking to me on Twitter this morning, so uh, good morning to you. Uh, he says, "Good morning." Were there any surprises for you in the combine, good or bad? Yeah, we're get we're getting into it. Um, some other guys who uh, surprised, good and bad. I guess I was surprised that uh, this is a little bit of a further one, but Kayvon Williams, um, from Notre Dame, ran like a four seven seven forty as a running back. Um, and that is really disappointing. Um, overall, he probably slipped a bit. That being said, you know, some people are making jokes. Oh, see you in the CFL cave on, um, his best ability was his pass protection and you don't have to run very far to be a good pass protector. So uh, if he falls there to the fifth, sixth round, um, you bet your horses. I'm interested in him because pass protection from the running back is probably one of the most valuable traits they can bring in today's NFL, given um, how spread formations are, wider alignments from the offensive line, I mean, et cetera, et cetera. Dude's a dog is a pass blocker, and uh, that doesn't change with the 40 for me. Um, so he's one who uh, disappointed me, though, with the one, testing. One of the guys we, we featured last week or the past couple of weeks, I said this, that nobody seems to be really talking about, and I don't know why, is Abraham Lucas, the offensive tackle from Washington oh, State. Yeah. Uh, he looked great at the yeah. Senior Bowl. Um he measured 6'6", 315, and, you know, when you get a guy, as most guys, when you can rock them back, you can then overpower them. You've seen that on some of my videos where Travis Jones is doing other guys. You just fold them in half. Yeah. Abraham's able to, to sit back and then absorb pressure and absorb power and, and still set his base. That, to me, was impressive, the core strength that he has. And he came out 492. Um, 107725 on his L cone and a 4-4 shuttle. That's uh, he's got the athleticism to boot. So yeah. I, I'm a big fan of Abraham Lucas. So someone someone to watch. I'm gonna have a lot of favorites in here. The other guy that that y'all know I was very interested in watching uh coming out of the senior bowl was Jermaine Johnson. Edge, 6'5, 254, 458, uh, 10-5 on his broad jump and 32 inch on his vertical. Solid, not freakazoid numbers but solid enough that i'm still really interested in in him top 10 yep yeah no he maybe this is just me right now um but uh, i feel that at the edge rusher position it's aiden hutchinson Kayvon thibodeau and trevor uh trevon walker trevon walker and uh after that there's a clear line of demarcation and you have david ajabo george karloftis who also had a very good uh combine as well tested similar to aiden hutchinson in a lot of ways and uh Jermaine Johnson, if you can't get one of those top three guys, I'm going to be slightly disappointed taking any of those other ones at nine because I think that and any of those other three could end up being the best uh, edge rusher in this class um, years down the line. But when you're talking about it as probabilities, those top three guys, because of the athletic testing and the tape is different um, than those other guys, the combination of the two, I feel like there's a clear line there. And I would be slightly, slightly disappointed um, taking Jermaine Johnson, David Ajabo, Car George Karloftis at nine with those other three being above there. I honestly, I'd rather trade back five spots. I know everybody, Oh, I would rather trade back, but I'd rather trade back five spots and see who's still available at, you know, 14 with the Browns. Right. Um, because one of those guys is still going to be there. And I'd feel mm -hmm. just as good taking them at 14 as I would at nine. In, in one of the thing, I think it's PFN's mock draft simulator that you get the trade offers automatically and it becomes real addicting 
to yeah. trade down. <laughs> it becomes eventually you got to draft a guy, not just you know keep acquiring draft picks. Uh, Michael Ranquillo wanted to say good morning. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Good morning to you as well. And uh, Lawrence was coming in. For some reason, I can't find Lawrence now. There he is. Lawrence comes in with some big stars. Say, much love, guys. We need to go for a quarterback that can truck someone when the line breaks down. Who would that be? That's not what you want out of your quarterback. Um, it, yeah. Ben Roethlisberger might have been the best of standing there like a, a literal statue and letting guys fall off of him because he was so big and strong. Uh, there's not one of those guys in this draft. Um, that's not one of the first traits I'm looking for in my quarterback. If he's big and strong, that's great. But uh, he's also fairly immobile. Yeah. And big, strong, fast, immobile guys with big time arms. They're 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 throwing baseballs right now. They're pitching. Uh, they're yeah. throwing 95 mile an hour fastballs and making a million bucks working 10 days a year. So yeah, it's I mean Malik Willis maybe somewhat. Uh, he led all of college football last year in yards after contact per attempt. Um, so there, he's got a little bit of juice in him. He's built low to the ground. It's not so much trucking guys. It's guys kind the of elusiveness. He's yeah. They're hula hooping around him. Like you see a good running back in the open field. Um, just kind of bouncing that way off of them. But, uh, Travis Tarbucks also he flashing for a second. I want to say hello. Got to get the hat for Travis. Um, Nighthawk. There we go. Good morning, fellas. Listening to the morning. Got a super busy work, uh, on Thursday. Sorry. I missed it. Denver Broncos for life. That's okay. Travis, you're hanging out with us now. That's what matters. Also, Mark Schrader coming in with the big time support. Thank you so much, Mark. It's always good to see you. Hope you're doing well down in Texas. Um, hopefully it's warmer there than it is where I am. Um, I want to say hello to some more guys here before we keep getting into it. Um, so showed him a few times. James, I want to say hi to James Hyatt. Always good to see James. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Uh, said Jason hi to Ethan yet? We did say hi to Ethan. The okay. first one, the first guy we uh, said hi we'll to. See him in the chat. So good morning, Ethan. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning, Ethan. Hope your wife is doing well um, with everything going on. Um, we got Jason Peters saying, "Is Trevon Walker reach at nine? Absolutely not. Um, Trevon Walker tested as the second best athlete all time at the edge rusher position, only behind that of, uh, according to Ross, which accounts for." the size of player plays with as well. Um, but uh, second all time, only behind miles Garrett. He came in a ahead of uh, Mario Williams is third now in those rankings. So Trevon Walker, did he have the stats at Georgia? No, he did not. Um, and that's concerning, but like how he was used at, We've talked about this on a few times on here, how he was used at Georgia was not typical of what you see for most edge rushers in the NFL, Georgia, what they wanted to do. And, it's hard to argue because their defense was incredible, right? What they did matters, but it's not the translatable reps that you see typically for a lot of these guys. He wasn't lined up as a seven technique. He wasn't lined up outside the shoulder of the tackle very often. He was lined up head up over that tackle, which gives him less room to uh, win and get around the arc to get after the quarterback. His job was more so to jolt that tackle, win the outside leverage. And if there was a jet sweep or a screen of any sort or a quarterback leakage or a quarterback zone run, he was there with the length already pushing that pocket back and he could do that. And his job was also to occupy offensive linemen because those linebackers behind him, not the best guys moving backwards, coming downhill and tacking. There's a reason to Kobe Dean, Quay Walker, Channing Tindall were making all these tackles behind the line of scrimmage. It's because the defensive line's job was to jolt to displace and hold up those blockers um, and gave, give those uh, linebackers free runways. So I think Walker in a different type of offense where he's allowed to get a little bit more of a free pathway um, can be really good. He also is still a, a fetus <laughs> in a sense where uh, he's played last year at only 20 years old. Jermaine uh, Johnson last year was 22, 23. Um, so he's, he's just coming of age. Uh, you, and I think you can teach him the hands as long as he's not a complete idiot, which I didn't hear that coming out of the combine. So he's, I don't think he's going to be there at nine after what he did. There's, I don't, there's no way. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Now uh, the Falcons at eight, they're interested. They'd be interested in that edge. 
uh, especially yeah. at that size. I mean, he could even play a, a three, four defensive end. Yep. Um, he could, uh, I'd, I'd rather have him step outside just a little bit, uh, for sure. Um, and, uh, I'm seeing red Paul says, good morning. Um, yeah, glad you could make it on a live show. We appreciate you being here, but, but I'm seeing red, I'm seeing red this morning. And that always gets my attention. Like, you know, flashing the Cape in front of a bull it says good morning Broncos for breakfast. It is draft time. It is draft mm-hmm. time. So good morning to you as well. Um, appreciate the support. The, uh, the benefactor of Broncos for breakfast brought to you by the DWI guys. Uh, Jordan Davis, did he, here's a question I have, but I'm going to let you take this one first. Did Jordan Davis improve to a potential top 10 pick? Yeah, I think he did improve to a potential top 10 pick. However, the thing I'll take exception with is uh, even as a nose tackle. The way Jordan Davis tested, he's not, I wouldn't put him in a box as a nose tackle. I think you have enough juice there where you could talk about this guy being a one penetration or one gap penetration three technique. I mean, that's the level of juice that he showed there. Um, My biggest question for him coming out of this is he dropped 20 20 pounds for the combine and looked like this. Why weren't you always playing 20 pounds lighter looking like this? Because obviously, you know, bigger is sometimes better, but more explosive is better than bigger, right? So if he, if this was his, athletic ceiling or he had this athleticism in him playing 20 pounds lighter he probably should have been playing at 20 pounds lighter Mm -hmm. so i think there's going to have to be some questions about the conditioning the diet and the control in that sense and there's been some talk about that as well with jordan davis i do think that it sounds like he has the mentality where he can uh get that under control more um but i'm guessing that's something that's a a point of concern uh, for him um, just going forward, the condition, especially at Denver mile high. He's already playing on what was it? Only 36% of snaps for Georgia um, in the sec play. Some of that is because you're playing way more snaps at the college level than the NFL level. Just in general, there's more snaps in a college game. Um, the other part is there's so much talent on that Georgia defensive line. Why not rotate them? But uh, there's a little bit of uh, concern there. Like is he going to be, constantly excuse me he didn't go from 340 to 320 he went from 360 to 340 and uh, tested like that so maybe he should even get down to 330 um and have a, even a little more explosiveness there and we think that was a self-reported 362 um yeah Could've so he looked at times bigger than that and the, to, yeah. to answer your question on this to improve to a potential top 10 pick yes if this is the guy that he's going to be moving forward yes you can take him um because you know, we talk a lot about the Broncos' deficiencies on third down. Why were they so bad on third down going the other direction, uh, converting on offense? Because they're always in third and long. Yep. Well, Jordan Davis is the ultimate first and 10, second and 10 guy yep. uh, as far as closing down the, the running game. He, he he is going to – you like an edge on third and long. You want an edge mm-hmm. on third and long, but you want the guys up front to be strong so that you can get to third and long, and they're not just mm-hmm. rushing – for four to six yards per carry because yep. an edge on third and one isn't that valuable. You know, yep. then you still need the big guys. And if you don't have the big guys, they're just going to run through you like they did to get to third and one to begin with. Yeah. So the point is having a stopper in there against the run and who can then get in and make plays in the, in the backfield, I think it would be incredibly valuable. And if you look at a team like, and we're just going to say the Broncos and the Falcons, so they were both playing three, four, and they were both, not great across the front. If you've got an alpha right there in the middle, through osmosis, the guys next to him are going to get better. They're yeah. going to get better because he's going to take up more of the attention of the offensive line. And if if the guy next to me is taking two guys, okay, now I'm assured one. Mm-hmm. It's going to free up people around him. 
So, yeah, I mean, round peg, round hole, three, four nose guard, absolutely. And if you decide to change schemes, because you've you've heard me say it before, I want to draft guys that I don't want to worry about fitting into a scheme. Especially because schemes change. Yeah, especially early. They change a lot. Yeah, he can play four, three defensive tackle. He can. And that's why I like Travis Jones, too, Nick. Yeah, no, Travis Jones, I think, worked his way into the some of the first picks off the board in the second round or very end of the first round. Um, we'd be talking much more about him if uh, we didn't also have Jordan Davis coming in. Also, Devontae Wyatt had a hell of a combine as well. Deserves a shout out. The other thing about um, the Georgia boys and the Texas boys. My God. Yeah. God. Anybody who ran for 50 yards on Georgia this year, they should give him a trophy. I don't well, I think Just you did it. Good job. 40 times uh, came out of the state of Texas. Yep. Freaks. Baylor also, man. Then Mark Rule drafting. Yeah, I, mean, uh, Baylor's, I don't mean University of. I mean yeah. Baylor, Sam Houston State, UTSA yep. in yep. Texas. But I mean, wanted to shout out Baylor. That, still, four out of five. Yeah, pretty incredible. Last thing about Jordan Davis here real quick that uh, I think is interesting about him that people, okay, a nose tackle. How valuable is a nose tackle in the run defense? In today's NFL, um, having a guy like Jordan Davis up front changes the math on your defensive line and first and second down in today's NFL are pass downs. You know, 10 years ago, people were playing cover three or cover one loading the box against the run. And now teams are like, Hey, why don't I just play action on those ones and absolutely kill you? Um, so those are become, those have become pass downs in today's NFL. And what Jordan Davis allows you to do is because he is so big and strong and long at the point of attack. He means that you don't have to play seven guys in the box against the run. Now you can play two high safety shells on first down. You can play your match quarters. You can play your cover two. You can play your cover four because you don't need an extra linebacker. You don't need an extra defensive lineman with Jordan Davis up there. So in in effect, even though he is really dominant against the run, because of that dominance, you can put more bodies in space and not have to worry as much against the run. So that's, I mean, again, people are like, oh, why don't you, yeah, why would you draft a defensive player? It's a guy who's so or a run defensive player. It's a guy who's so dominant against run defense that you can allocate other bodies uh, to other tasks that make a big difference, changing the math up front. And he would do that. Personally, at nine, I don't love it because he doesn't have typically defensive tackles aren't as valuable there compared to the edges, the corners, the wide receivers, the quarterbacks. Um, but I can see it. I would prefer a slight trade back, but. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, like I said, the way I look at it is I might be able to make the guys I've got next to him better by selecting him. Easily. You know, that would be I, – yeah. I, 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 that's where, you know, if I need a couple of guys on the offensive line, I was like, all right, well, this this guy got better. It's, it's the same reason if I've got if I've got Pat Sertan and I've got another lockdown corner, I do it. Well, you need a defensive lineman. Well, my defensive lineman just got better with yeah. another lockdown corner. They just got better because they're going to have an extra – three tenths of a second, which in the NFL is three steps to get to the quarterback, to do different things. It'll give me more options to bring another body to protect against a run. So uh, I I think that Travis, that uh, Jordan Davis, you do that because it's going to make the guys you have around him better as well uh, than than you had last year. Uh, How did Trevor Penning test? Travis comes in, asks, uh, I missed it very, very well. Um, He did better, better than I expected. Better than I expected. 6'7", 325, 489 on the 40, 28 inch vertical, uh, nine and a half on the broad jump. And then a 725 L cone is very good. And a 20 yard shuttle is very good. So um, he tested. He wasn't he wasn't quite Spencer Brown. I didn't expect him to be, uh, but he was he was really, really good. Um, who was it? Daniel Jeremiah mocked him six yeah. last week to the Panthers. 
I don't think he'll drop below 15. No, he'll go top 16. Um, no doubt. He tested really well. His hands are still a mess. His leverage still needs work, but he's mean and he's athletic and he's long. Um, and there are only so many guys with a body type that can hang and tackle the NFL. Um, I, I don't know if you were part of it. I think it was Saturday, but we talked about it uh, where wide receiver and offensive tackle are extremely valuable, but for completely different reasons. Wide receiver is much more impactful on a singular game, but in today's NFL, um, the a good wide receiver versus a good offensive tackle, more impactful on a singular game. Um, but there are wide receivers galore. Um, so it's a value uh, impact proposition versus a scarcity proposition. A good offensive tackle, um, you know, you can scheme around that as a good defense, but there are so many bad offensive tackles, and it's a scarcity proposition when you come to the value of the tackle. So getting Trevor Penning, getting some value there uh, would be good. I I wouldn't take him at nine, personally. Um, I think oh, he's yeah. probably... But yeah, the trade slight trade down um, really does interest me. Uh, keep in knocking out these hellos here. What's up, fellas from Kayleon Green? Trevor, good morning to you with the, with the uh, coffee mug there. Uh, Juan Espinoza, good morning, fellas. Top of the morning. Great to see you. Um, we got Jacob, Fist- Jacob Foster coming back in uh, <laughs> saying, or not saying anything. Jacob, get us some questions here. Uh, no, keep doing what you're doing. Don't change a thing. Um, thank you so much for the stars. We appreciate you. Um, we also got Peter Middleton over in Cambodia. Good to see you, Peter. Um, is there a nose tackle to get in free agency? I doubt we'll get one in the draft with other needs as a great priority. The Broncos don't seem to have a good one enough to start. There will be nose tackles in the, in free agency. Like I said, free agency is what about a week away from kicking off, but we haven't even seen all the guys that are going to be released and that there's just going to be a big swarm of news coming out here pretty soon with guys that are released and that could completely change the market. Uh, the Broncos should be on the market, though, for a nose tackle upgrade. Mike Purcell was a fine filler for the Broncos, but he's coming off an injury. He hasn't looked the same since that injury, and I think they can save about 3 or $4 million with only about $1 million dead cat moving on from him. Uh, you probably do look at that. He's one of the guys who actually can create the most room for you. Uh, so definitely something to think about, but I want to see what uh, who's released as well uh, before totally jumping in on the nose tackles in the draft. There are nose tackles in the draft, though. Um, don't make no mistake about it. Not the guys who grab the headlines like Travis Jones and Jordan Davis, but Ridgeway is interesting to me. Fedarian Mathis is interesting to me. Um, I wish uh, I liked Neil from Louisiana State until I saw that arm length. That concerned me a bit. I think he had like 31, 32 inch arm length, which is not great for a nose tackle. But uh, there are some guys. And he's not quite the athlete as the others. No, he's, he's a, a he's a high motor guy. He's a yep. he's a blue collar dude um haskin is his name i think somewhere somewhere in there yeah um blue collar guy um pro we in in college we call them program kids Mm -hmm. you know the guys are going to push everybody in practice and make everybody else better because they work so hard and maybe they'll come in and you can count them on the fourth quarter because they're going to bleed and die for that that orange and blue if you get them but uh you end up taking a guy like that a little bit later yeah, absolutely. Fallen sloth. It's been a second. He says, good morning, Broncos country. Been really busy since my promotion. Congratulations, Fallen sloth. That's awesome to hear. We we stand uh, people improving and climbing that ladder. So uh, that's one of, you're one of ours in our community. So we, man, congratulations. That's awesome. I uh, haven't been able to make the morning show in a while, but it's great to be here again. It's great to have you. Um, but again, really awesome to hear that you are climbing and doing good things out there. Um, we also got Mark Schrader coming back in. Um, how bad do you think... Mi- Mijay, Mijay Sanders hurt himself being so light. He definitely hurt himself, and uh, he's still going to be a valued player, but he might be only a, what is it, DPR, uh, designated pass rusher is what you call him, and where you're not even seeing him on first and second down. That greatly limits his value. Um, it is weird because Cincinnati played a 3-3-5 with him as like kind of a five-technique, seven-technique, so he has had experience taking on 
tackles, you know, not being covered as much with uh, interior defensive linemen, which is odd for how small he is. Uh, but it definitely, it definitely hurts himself. Bigger and faster plays better in the NFL than light and faster. Um, and and yeah, it, it's six five two twenty eight for those you for those were the numbers. Uh, four six seven thirty three inch vert, ten foot broad, four three seven shuttle. Those are good times. Those aren't great times at two thirty for the NFL. I think it probably knocked him down into the third, yeah. uh, third or fourth instead of maybe knocking on the door of mid second or higher. Um, so. Again, if you've got a lot of picks, he's worth a flyer. He is later on, but I think that I think I think you're right. I think that knocked him down a little bit. And uh, we got to shout out the specialist here, Kathy, who's on our Facebook group. If you guys are not on our Facebook group, make sure you go to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and forward slash mile high huddle pod to join the discussion there. And Kathy's one of the one of the big hitters there, in my opinion. She always brings good takes. Um, Kathy says, How did Matt Ariza, the punter kicker from San Diego, do? I think we should draft him in the later rounds and cut Martin. Even I like him, but Ariza seems to be legit. Yeah, he was incredible. Um, I, if he was there in the seventh round, I would take a swing. I'm not a big proponent of drafting specialists early. Um, just the you can find them in free agency. But I agree with you. Sam Martin's another guy that could be a cap casualty. Uh, he's fine for Denver, but he's one that you have some flexibility to move on from if you want. Uh, I'm guessing that some team is going to take uh, Ariza in the like fourth round, though, which is probably too rich for my blood, even though he is very, 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 very good. So Nick, I remember we we're you know kind of bagging on Mike Pinnell a little bit um, at nose guard. <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken, your punter and kicker were making more than your nose guard last year. They you were. Know, as far as like you know, Pinnell, he is who he is. You know, Purcell. give him credit. Purcell. But you know, you weren't you're getting what you're paying for at that position. You want an upgrade? Mm-hmm. It's you're going to have to pay for one. Yep. So um, I did get a kick out of you know someone posted Matariza. Oh, he's hitting these 80 yard bombs. Uh, there was a, a video rolling around on Twitter. Look where this lands. I'm like, all right, I'll look where it lands. It traveled, you know, 65 yards in the air. Well, you take it 15 yards back. It's like a 50 yard punt with a roll. I'm like, okay, that's, that's nice and all, but you're better than that. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. Conwood saying, is it Kirk Herb street or Herb Kirk street? I can never remember. It's Kirk Herb street. Um, I know that because I've met him before and he has, um, look, uh, initialed cufflinks uh, kh so uh <laughs> good for him man he makes a good some good money out there doing the college football stuff for being a uh, just, said he was doing thursday night nfl i saw in the chat i think that's why he i came think up. so yep yeah no yep he's uh i've enjoyed him um i also one thing i like about kirk herbstreet is while he is a former ohio state quarterback he represents the big 10 um and sometimes we need a little bit of sec pushback scott um in this well, realm you know, what we're, we're, we're gonna have to do i'm gonna have to call up my friend paul burmeister who's now doing uh nbc english premier league soccer and as a former Iowa quarterback. So mm, we can, there we go. Would he be the perfect guest on Broncos for breakfast or what? Yeah, really would, man. I'd be gushing. When was he the quarterback? It might be before my time. He's, I, he, he's probably close to my age, maybe a year or two older. So he would have been 88 to 92 in that neighborhood. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, just because he's grayer, I think he's older than I am. Maybe he's yeah. 96 to 98, somewhere in that neighborhood. Absolutely. Michael also came in here. We're good to see you. Michael had a question. Kyle Hamilton was not happy about his 40 yard dash time thoughts, Nick and Scott. Um, I watched both forties. Um, it's, I think it's important to note that Hamilton is coming off a knee injury. And I thought that his form coming out of both forties was not great. Still. What did he run? Like a four, five, nine. Um, that's not amazing, 
But I'm not worried about it as much for a safety who's 6'4", 220 at a position that plays at depth. Um, Kyle Hamilton was never going to be a single high free safety. And that would be a very, honestly, it would be some, he can do it sometimes, but that would be somewhat of malpractice given you have a 6'4", 220 safety, right? Like he's one that you want to be playing in a match quarters, two high safety shell defense and letting him buzz down to a cover three at hook zone or a, uh, maybe even lining him up and blitzing him from depth sometimes. Um, he is the bigger, faster, stronger, more explosive Justin Simmons. Justin Simmons ran a 4.65, I believe, and wasn't coming off an injury. And Kyle Hamilton, I think, tested uh, as good or better than him at two inches, 20 pounds heavier. So uh, Kyle Hamilton, did he run an amazing 40? No. Um, would it be dumb if he fell to nine still? Yes. Some positions of the 40s really matter. You're talking about your edge rushers. You're talking about your defensive line. It does actually matter. Um, your offensive tackles, there's actually some good correlation there with the 40, which is crazy. Safety and linebacker, those are ones where if they're like running four eights, I'm concerned. But if you're if you're four six, uh, four six five to you know four four, you're fine. It's more and of an instincts position. Yes, and check yes. the shuttle. Shuttles. Um, I don't have a shuttle on Kyle. I don't know if he did it. But it was okay. Inch, he, he had a thirty eight okay. inch vert, and yeah. uh, you know was top ten, I believe, in standing broad jump at six four two twenty. The number for safeties and frankly corners is in the four sixes. Uh, is what it's been historically for. Uh, you know, I, I used to ask the guys all the time. I said, do you know what the average of the NFL combine was for the cornerbacks? They were the fastest. And it was the average time for cornerbacks historically, and it may have changed this year, has always been in the four fives. It's always been about four, five, two, four, five, three. So is he fast? Is he fast enough? Okay. Well, Scott, you said you want to freak at that position. Well, four, five, nine, he might not have been happy with it, but I would be, I am. It, it doesn't yeah. change my mind on him at all, at all. Uh, absolutely. I agree with you. Um, and, uh, I see, I'm just seeing this now. Jeremy's saying, I'm responding to Nick. I don't think it's fair to say any quarterback can keep up in with, uh, Mahomes slash Willis or Mahomes slash Allen besides Willis in this class. I guess you could maybe see it with some of these other guys, but I, you're looking for the quarterback who has a superhero trait, whether that be arm talent or athleticism, the ability to create outside of structure. And by God, I do not see that with Kenny Pickett. I don't think Sam Howell processes well enough. Maybe, if things all of a sudden really click for Desmond Ritter, you could see that. But I see Desmond Ritter's ceiling, best case being a Dak Prescott. And I don't see Dak Prescott, as good as Dak Prescott is, I don't see him with the ability to go nuclear and make, you know, stupid Madden level throws constantly uh, with the likes of Mahomes and Allen. Um, so that's that's what I'm thinking. And again, I've said it on here before. The quarterback for me, especially in the top 10, it's a home run derby. And you get the same amount of value striking out as you do hitting a single. So swing for the fences. And I think there's anybody in this class that's can be a home run um, at the quarterback position. In my opinion, it is Malik Willis. And I also and, think and, he's a solid fit. And any, anything we say with, it's a projection, we could start the sentence with, this is what I think. Yeah. And if we did that every time we'd, it'd get really annoying. So just take it when we're projecting on this, this is, this is what we think. We're not, yeah. I'm not stating any of this as a fact. Like I said, the only, the last time I stated projected anything as an absolute yeah georgia tech signed a kid that i said they weren't going to sign because he was going to be a non-qualifier and he is the only non-qualifier they signed in 50 freaking years yeah. it's the only time it's the last time i've ever said never ever or anything mm -hmm. like that so just remember um and i don't think you have to have those superhero traits it's the to to beat those guys obviously um but when you're drafting the top 10 it's kind of what you're looking for you know, yeah. you, you are kind of, and, and again, I, I've been a fan of Desmond Ritter most of this process. I don't want him in the first round. Yeah. I don't want to, I, I want to sneak him in the second. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, we got S Sammy, 
Samaki Hill coming in here with a five dollar super. Thank you so much. Honestly, Rodgers would be nice, but if Watson stuffs get settled, I'd rather have him or draft Malik Willis. But hopefully, we just get a quarterback. Yeah, Rodgers is first. It does sound like the Broncos are going to be pretty annoying to the Seattle Seahawks who keep calling about Russell Wilson as well. If they can't get Rogers, just check it um, in. Have you broken up with your boyfriend yet? Yep, exactly. Um, sliding in the DMS. Um, do you still love him? Um, why not? Give me a shot. Um, but, uh, those are the, uh, the names right now. It does sound like Denver maybe would be interested in Watson. There is a little bit of more buzz coming out there, but prior to the combine, it sounded like there was nothing there Um, the teams that have been heaviestly linked to Deshaun Watson have been the Washington commanders and the Carolina Panthers. I think those are the two names to keep an eye out for Deshaun Watson. Um, and we are already um, at 47 minutes, Scott. God, time flies. We yeah, need let to me get a couple in. guys real quick. Trevor okay, uh, said, I'm shocked no moves have been made yet. Usually I announce something. I, I feel like, I don't know. What, what's the rush for any moves until you know what the free agency is going to be? Um, I don't know. And uh, it's strange. It's can be shocked. I, I haven't followed it that closely to know is, you know, the first week of March, usually a flurry of moves. I, I haven't followed it that closely in the past five years. Uh, and Gary Lee's Palmer, so happy to be listening to you guys live. Well, we're happy to have you here, as yeah. always. GLP, appreciate yep. you being here. Absolutely. And real quick, um, Jeremy's coming. In. I wouldn't say Burrow has any superhero traits. <laughs> I would disagree. Um, that guy has absolutely insane pocket awareness and pocket toughness. I don't think there's probably only three or four quarterbacks in the NFL who could take nine sacks and still get up like they had, hadn't been hit the whole game. Um, and Burrow also has next level accuracy that he showed at LSU. Um, it transferred to the NFL. If Kenny Pickett was Joe Burrow level toughness in the pocket, Kenny Pickett is bad in the pocket. I'm just going to straight up say it. That dude gets happy feet immediately. He sees ghosts um, looking to bail out the right side. Doesn't have that. Um, I just don't see that level of ability. But Burrow's accuracy, processing, and pocket maneuverability is incredible. Um, no no quarterback in this class has that. Not even close, honestly, unfortunately. Um, but uh, let's get into it. Uh, Scott, I think today, because of the NFL draft or the NFL combine happening, we should just mock the top 10 in general. Um, I think that's going to be more interesting. Um, no trades. And uh, we can get into it. I've typically had the odds and you have had the evens, but if you'd rather uh, flip that today, just to keep things uh, all fair and square, uh, we can do that. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do anything crazy here. Uh, that means I've got the odds, right? Uh, you'd have the odds. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. I'm not going to do anything crazy here at Jacksonville. Uh, I'm going to get the protector for my franchise quarterback. Um, and I'm going to go Evan Neal, number one. I think uh, I, I'm still going to go that way. Talk about a lean 330 pounds. Um, I like what I see there. I mean, it's plain and simple. I haven't changed my mind. It's, it's a little boring, I know. But yeah. I'm still going Evan Neal, number one. Okay, well, very good. I was I was curious if you'd take uh, Ike Maquanu, given the information that's been coming out of the Combine, where uh, Balky really does like the athletic numbers from the Combine and the fact I'm that... I'm to say Neal what I would do. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, you for know, sure. this is mine. I'm not trying to predict. I'm saying this is what I would do. For sure. So this is if, if I'm if I'm picking in this spot, this is what I would do. I would take Evan Neal. Evan Neal number one. Okay. Well, the Lions, I'm gonna do what I think the Lions are gonna do here in this situation. Uh, because if I was the Lions, I would honestly be thinking about a Chavon Walker here or whatnot. Um, I prefer the length and the versatility uh and the athletic upside if I'm drafting an edge rusher. I know that's you know higher bus potential, but I'm swinging for the fences here. Um, but I think the lions are going to stick with the hometown guy. I know it's kind of boring. Um, we're going to do it again, but Aiden Hutchinson, he just makes too much sense from a, what they're trying to establish, uh, 
culture-wise, what they want up front. They need edge rush help and defensive line help terribly. They took good two good defensive tackle prospects last year, actually with the Washington guy whose names I won't even attempt to pronounce, and uh, Aline McNeil from North Carolina State, who I liked a lot last year in last year's draft as a nose tackle. Um, but they need some help at the edge rushing spot. Trey Flowers is probably going to be a cap casualty. So uh, I'm going to go Aiden Hutchinson, Aiden Hutchinson here from Michigan for the second overall pick to the Detroit Lions. And now things get a little spicy with the Houston Texans. Yeah, this is this might be our first uh, our first wild card. Yeah. Uh, and you've got me sold, Nick, unfortunately. You got me sold on okay. the number three pick. I'm going to go the guy who had the combine of combines, the University of Georgia's. Trevon Walker. Trevon Walker. Walker can play. He is scheme resistant. He can yeah. play 4-3 end. He can play 3-4 edge. Uh, he was basically, you know he's a team player as far as attitude goes because he's not complaining about doing a job and holding down the fort on the edge and containing when, you know, he turned me loose and I could have had 15 sacks. Yeah, probably, but we just won a national championship. Now go show everybody at the combine what kind of athletes you are and go get paid. And it's going to pay off for him. 6'5", 272 pounds, 35 and a half inch arms, 4'5", 1 in the 40, 36 inch vert, 10'3", sub 7 L cone. Are you kidding me? At 275 pounds? Trevon Walker, third overall pick. I got my pass rusher. I got my, I got my JJ Watt, JJ, TJ, JJ, JJ Watt replacement. Yeah, I'm uh a little disappointed because I've been hyping Trevon Walker to Denver for a while. Um, that dream probably died. That's why you don't give away your hand. You can't tell me everybody you like. Uh, I think the that was an inevitability given uh, what I thought he was on tape. And that's like, this guy's going to test like a freak. I didn't think he'd test like that, um, but still. Uh, the New York Jets are now on the clock with two top 10 picks with the fourth overall pick. And they are running to the podium. podium to take Ika Maquanu, um, the offensive tackle from North Carolina State. Uh a big concern coming out of Zach Wilson last season was while he's got a good arm talent, this is a very slender quarterback. And with the slender base quarterbacks, you always got to worry about those lower body injuries where their play completely falls off when they get hurt. How do you protect a quarterback like that? Pass protection and very good run blocking up front. Uh, that run blocking ability means that teams are going to have to buy in a little bit more to the uh, the play action. Maybe you're going to have some more third and shorts where the play action even bites a little bit harder. So uh, I think Ike Maquana makes a lot of sense. Also, now you have two years now where Mekhi Becton has had some injuries, which is concern for a guy his size. Um, you got to watch out for him long term, I think. So getting Ike Maquanu, right tackle, right guard, left tackle, all the versatility is there. You're going to you should be helping out um, Zach Wilson be the best version of himself possible. Um, I did think about some other guys here, but I th- this, this is a lot like the Jaguars going Evan Neal. You took a quarterback in the top three last year. This pick needs to be about making sure that pick is right, um, even if you're bypassing a little bit of value elsewhere. So I come Aquanu, offensive tackle, NC State. If you believe in that pick, and I'm not saying they do, but if they do, then you get a, you got to protect them. So that puts me the Giants at five. Oh, I'm probably – there's no way I'm letting Kyle Hamilton go past this spot. I don't have to look at their needs. I don't care. I'm going the best player available. Six foot four, 220 pounds. I can use him at outside linebacker. I can use him at edge. I can use him wherever I want to. Um, he's going to be on the field the whole time. I'll use him on special teams to block kicks with a 40 inch vertical. I don't care. I'm, uh, I'm grabbing the best player in this draft at five and building uh, and letting him run my defense for the next 15 years. Yep. That's a, uh, that's a good pick there. I was maybe thinking given the information that they are looking to move uh, 
James Bradbury, I thought maybe the other defensive back who stood out at the combine would be the pick there, given the positional value. Um, but Kyle Hamilton makes a lot of sense. Also, I just think uh, Hamilton is is the guy. I think yeah. everybody else at the defensive back position has some questions. Yep. I think he's your guy. I do. And I think also, given what we know about how that uh, Bills defense was built, Joe Schoen, uh, the new general manager for the Giants coming over from the Bills, I think the Giants were punching air when uh, Trevon Walker came off the board there <laughs> at three, because I think from what I'm gathering, Giants are a bit, a little bit goo goo gaga uh, for Trevon Walker, um, given what they want to do with their edge position with the the power rushers. I mean, this is a team who's drafted AJ Epinesa, uh, Gregory Russo, um, another height, weight, speed edge rusher last year as well, whose uh, name is for uh, escaping me right now, but they love the power edge rushers. Um, so, um, that's a team to look out for. I'm on the board now with the Carolina Panthers, six overall. Um, pretty before the senior bowl, it sounded like they were a team that was very interested in Kenny Pickett here with this selection. After the senior bowl, it sounded like uh, maybe not taking a quarterback there. Maybe we should go with just the best offensive lineman possible. Um, and to me, that guy would be Charles Cross in this situation. I think the Panthers have had a different left tackle, like eight straight seasons. That needs to come to a close. And again, I mentioned it earlier. Little birdies have been saying Charles, uh, excuse me. The Panthers are a team that is very much, very much interested in Deshaun Watson. They only have one pick in the top 100 this year and they Deshaun Watson stuff might not be resolved until after the draft. So you get it yourself a offensive tackle and then 2023, 2024, 2025 dry, draft picks sent off to the Texans for Deshaun Watson. You might be cooking with something there in uh, Charlotte. Um, so that's, I'm, I'm going to go Charles cross here. I thought he had a very good combine. Um, he was considered the, least athletic of the big offensive tackles he did end up probably about the least athletic of those big offensive tackles but he still tested very well um his compared to the historical norms there very smooth mover has put on a lot of good weight um, i'm impressed with charles cross he's definitely a top 10 pick he goes off the board at six here all right that puts me at seven with the new york giants again who i just got a safety now i'm going to make sure that my safety's got plenty of jump balls to go after i'm going to go edge i'm going to go edge with them they could use a pass rusher I think the best one, um, at least as it looks, it's still there. I'm going to go Kayvon Thibodeau at edge for them. I don't, he might fall, he might not, but I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to roll the dice on him and stay, uh, stay edge, big size edge. Let's see what he, he measured at, uh, at combine Thibodeau, Thibodeau, Thibodeau. He went six foot four, two fifty four, four five eight forty twenty seven 27, uh, reps on the bench. Solid. You know, he's, he's strong. Uh, didn't go through drills. Uh, I, I'm not too worried about it. I like the body of work. I'm going to go with Kayvon Thibodeau. That's a good one. It's a little bit of a bummer for me here with picking with the Falcons at eight because I was uh, I had written him down <laughs> as a potential pick here. Um, looking at the th top three edge rushers that made sense for me um, that I think are no doubt top 10 picks and Aiden Hutchinson, Trevon Walker, and Kayvon Thibodeau all now off the board. I think there's, again, there's a little bit of, I like Jermaine Johnson. I like David Ajabo. I like George Karloftis like them better at 15 uh, than I do eight or nine. Um, so Falcons are a team also coming out of the draft. This will make Scott's heart uh, palpitate a bit. Sounds like this is a spot where you should be looking for a trade. Um, this is where a trade very well could happen. A team coming up for Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis to jump the Broncos um, and uh, go up there and get a quarterback. So keep an eye out for the Falcons um, as a trade back uh, potential spot here. I'm keeping this pick here. And because the edge rushers are gone, because the offensive tackles are gone, I'm taking the best player left on my board at a position of value and a position of need. Um, Sauce Gardner, cornerback, University of Cincinnati. We know that the 
Falcons need a lot of help with uh, getting after the quarterback. If the Broncos weren't the worst pass rushing team last year, it was the Falcons. Alas, I'm not going to force the need here. And Dean Pease, um, bless his heart, <laughs> last year, you know, I can't get pressure and I can't cover. What do you want me to do? Um, I'm giving him some coverage help so he can be a little bit more pressure-centric with his packages this year. You put A.J. Terrell, who might be the best young cornerback in football. Sorry, Broncos country. Uh, Sertan's great. We'll, we might have this conversation a year from now, but A.J. Terrell, what was he, 23 last year, looked absolutely insanely good. Now you put Sauce Gardner across from him. You're working with the best young cornerback tandem in football, uh, in my opinion, with those two guys. So I'm going to go Gardner here. Also, people coming out of the combine are raving about Gardner's uh, dog mentality. I mean, there's talk about, I don't know where he trained uh, coming in for the combine, but people said like, you know, they were working hard when they were doing it before. And then Gardner changed and the mentality of that entire room changed as well. He, he rose all the guys intensity level of work, pushed them all. Um, he's just wired a little differently. So uh, sauce Gardner here, pick number eight. You should be ecstatic about that. If you were a Falcons fan. And and like the Falcons, I would like to move back here a little bit. Um, Cause I'm not thrilled on this. And by, I guarantee you the general managers aren't looking in the chat when they're doing this, because it's like this day is, it's like the price is right. Higher, lower, higher. Um, do they dare take Malik Willis in this spot? Do they dare? I'm going to. I'm going to take Malik Willis in this spot, knowing I've got Drew Locke under contract for one more year, and I don't have to rush him in right away, knowing that most of my key players are under contract for at least two more years, and that I am going to blood him with some packages to get him on the field, get him some, some experience on the field in short yardage situations, let him learn, let him, so when he comes on and he's a starter in 2023, he is not just taking his first reps and he is ready to go. He's already thrown some touchdowns. He's already run for some first downs. And I think he's got easily the most upside of any quarterback in this draft. If there's anyone I'm going to take in the top 10 to try and fix my quarterback position with the Denver Broncos, it's going to be Malik Willis. So I'm going to take him at nine. Yeah, that's honestly the way this board played. That's what I'm thinking as well. I was hoping on one of those top edge rushers. I was hoping maybe on one of the, uh, one of the offensive tackles to fall there. Um, but Malik Willis go big or go home. If you strike out on, frankly, I'd consider Derek Stingley here. He came out with a clean bill of health from the medicals, but he didn't test. That's the big thing. There's some questions coming out. Again, If he does, I've got six more weeks to figure this out. Right. Yeah. You know, I I would, if, if the board fell like this, I would consider Derek stick, you know, you're talking about AJ Terrell and sauce Gardner at, at pick eight. How about how about Pat Sertan and Derek Stingley at pick nine? Good gracious. Yeah. You can press man all you want. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I'm just, you know, reporting what the birdies mm-hmm. coming out of the combine are. I would expect Stingley. I think Stingley's might not even be picked before pick 20, um, given what's being said. Th- and that could be one team, you know, being really loud down there trying to knock him down. It's that time of year. But to change it up just a little bit, I might have gone Jordan Davis at eight for all the reasons I said why. Yep. Um, because with uh for the Falcons it that he makes everybody around him Grady Jarrett frees up at defense mm-hmm. at, at, the, at the at that line if he's got uh Jordan Davis next to him uh yeah. they're gonna need another defensive lineman on the other side of him but everybody just a better across that front five 100 100 so I'm on the board now with the Jets at 10 
Um, I'm going to keep leaning into what we said earlier about the Jets and the Jags. Everything is about the quarterback, getting it right for the quarterback. The Jets have a need at wide receiver. I'm going to take the best wide receiver on my board in Garrett Wilson. He is a three-level threat. Um, he ran faster than Chris Olave, which is shocking. Maybe if Chris Olave ran another 40 rather than the unofficial time being laughably off, um, then uh, that would be something. Um, but uh, nope, in this case, I'm going to lean into uh, the wide receiver here. They need help. Um, Elijah Moore was great for them last year as a rookie, but they need to keep adding to that room. So uh, Garrett Wilson, and there's your top 10. Um, just running through it real quick. Uh, Jaguars take Evan Neal, offensive tackle Alabama. Lions take Aiden Hutchinson, edge rusher from Michigan. Texans take Shervon Walker. Gosh darn it. Uh, edge rusher from Georgia. Uh, Jets take Ika Maquanu, offensive tackle NC State. The Giants take Kyle Hamilton, safety from Notre Dame. Panthers take Charles Cross, offensive tackle from Mississippi State. The Giants take Kayvon Thibodeau, edge rusher from Oregon. The Falcons take Ahmed Sauce Gardner, uh, the cornerback from Cincinnati. The Broncos get a little spicy. Quarterback Malik Willis, University of Liberty. And 10, Jets take Garrett Wilson, Ohio State. So uh, we kind of forego or forewent the chat there for a little bit. So I'm getting all that stuff together. Um, any of these guys stick out that you want to get to? Any uh, comments um, that uh, are interesting? We got a uh, somebody says Willis is wild two out of 10 times. Um, yeah, let's. I guess let's get. Can we dig into a little bit of more of Malik Willis since this is a Broncos podcast? Um, what can you tell me a little bit more about your thought process there of taking him at nine compared to the board? Was there anybody else there that uh, you were considering that didn't fall? Yeah, I would. Uh, there's lots of guys. I, I mean, I would. I would consider Jordan Davis in that spot for the exact same reasons I just talked about him at number mm-hmm. eight. You're playing a three four. He makes the guys next. You want to free up Bradley Chubb for a contract year a little bit. You want to see the best. Mm-hmm from Shelby Harris and Draymond Jones drop Jordan Davis between those guys. Goodness gracious. Yeah. You know, I Shelby Harris and, and Draymond Jones got some, got some stick this year, but you know, they you could double team those guys. You know, you cannot, yeah. you cannot double cover, double team those guys the whole time when you've got Jordan Davis right there in the middle. So I would strongly consider Jordan Davis at the number nine spot because mm-hmm. Again, he's he's like he's a reverse gravitational pull. He's going to bring everybody closer to them and free up everybody around him. So, I would I would take I would strongly consider Jordan Davis at number nine. Yep, and uh, some people are saying don't take the debate, Scott. And then some people say we should swing for the fences. Um, if but you guys Willis, have with Willis, uh, he's still relatively new to the position to a certain extent. Again, he was being recruited as a defensive back by Virginia tech when he was a senior in high school mm-hmm. um, wasn't advanced enough to thought that he could be the quarterback at Auburn when Bo Nix came in, but yeah. he advanced much more quickly played in a, in an offense where he was asked to do a lot of things. They talk about his accuracy. Well, a lot of his inaccuracies cause he's throwing on the run all the time. Cause he's, you know, getting chased out of the pocket constantly. Let's let him sit back and throw the ball and yeah. see about his accuracy. I like what I see there. So I'd love for him to be able to learn for a year where he's not thrown in right away. The question with the Denver Broncos is, can you be patient? I think you can. George Payton, in my opinion, this is his first year. First year new coach. First year Payton with his new coach. Uh, coming off the best draft, you've got the leeway to not have to play your first round pick right away. And you got Drew Locke there who can either take the next step and say, okay, well, Drew became the guy. Now we can move Malik Willis next year. Um, yeah. Or he sputters around as a mid to lower tier quarterback like he's been throughout his career and ho- keeps keeps the door, keeps it warm for Malik Willis 
who gets a PhD in quarterback play over the next 12 months. Yeah, the thing I like about it a lot is that while the ninth overall pick is costly, you didn't give up extra capital to go up and get the guy. So you still have all of your 2023 cards. You still have all of your uh, the rest of your top 100 picks this year. And uh, you can fill up the draft. And guess what? If Malik Willis absolutely flubs out next year or this in 2022, you still have every single pick in 2023. Go out there and tr- draft another quarterback again. I don't give a flying bleep that they just took a guy in the top 10. Uh, if he, if you have any questions about him or there's a quarterback prospect that you like more or as much, swing again. Swing again. Uh, doesn't you don't your train doesn't leave the station until you have the quarterback. Um, so for Malik Willis, the thing about him that intrigues me a lot is while he is barely, you know, yeah, but is he six foot one, six foot and a half? Um, that is a concern for some teams that are going to look to live passing over the middle of the field. If you look at the spray chart, the heat map of Aaron Rodgers over the last three seasons under Nathaniel Hackett, they are one of the teams that utilize the middle of the field the least in the entire NFL in the Do past. You know why? Do you know why? Uh, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, and RPO concepts. Because he's got this arm strength to get it wide. Yes. A lot yeah. of guys don't. A, yeah. a, a swing pass to the side, 10 yard out, or a bubble screen or anything to the side is a running play for someone yeah. when you've got a, a, an arm like Rodgers or Willis. Yep. So the, the middle stuff comes when you don't have the arm. You know, I, I bet Jimmy Garoppolo. I bet if we saw Teddy Bridgewater's heat, it's not outside, it's in the middle. Yep. It's a, yep. a, a dome. It'd look like a dome. It'd look like a three-point line. Whereas the guys with the arm, it's going to look like you're outside. You're taking shots outside of the three-point three line. So you've got the arm and the quickness of release to get it there quickly. You want to attack the perimeters. It opens up the middle. Yep. Um, so that's a big thing, though. Also, it's the style of offense and where um, Hackett's offense utilized the field. Um, it was on the boundary, which is something that you'd probably see with Willis. Um, given he is just barely over six foot, um, maybe there's going to be sometimes some issues for the pure under center drop back game. Uh, but I'm not as worried about that. And also Hackett was one of the, the offense of the Packers last year was one of the highest RPO centric offenses in all of football with that backside glance uh, backside dig. You're going to be able to live in an RPO centric offense with Malik Willis early. And I think Bronco, this is going to be very specific for Broncos country. Um, you remember last year how the Broncos defense looked like absolute garbage against the Baltimore Ravens against the Philadelphia Eagles. A lot of that is those two teams. Actually, Baltimore does not have a good offensive line. This is more about what it does to the math up front for you. When you have a quarterback that is a run option, your two high safety shells are going in the garbage because if you're not playing cover three, if you're not allocating seven guys to the box on those zone reads and the RPOs, uh, you're going to get killed. Simply put, and the Broncos, as we saw against the Ravens and the uh, Eagles last year, they got killed um, up front because they just they couldn't do it. They tried to live in those two high two high safety shells, and they got killed. Malik Willis, just by putting him on the field, it's a Scott. Are you a, were you a fan of the show? Uh, Who wants to be a millionaire? Uh, I watched some of it, but not really. Okay, um, having a quarterback with Malik Willis's athletic ability um, is essentially like every single time going up to the the answer approaching your question and who wants to be a millionaire and getting that 50 50 lifeline every time multiple of the answer multiple of the wrong answers are already crossed out uh for you when you take the huddle because you're if you're playing man coverage against malik willis uh-oh he's gonna tuck it and run for 40 yards if you're playing two high safety shells and he sees that uh-oh he's gonna be able to give it to the running back javante williams who has the same body type as a Willis is a little bit bigger, but um, either give it to him or pull it in, tuck it himself. So changes the math, makes it a lot easier for him to diagnose what's up front because defense is simply put, 
can't do as much or they will get burned with the athletic ability. Um, so he intrigues me a heck of a lot uh, for that ability, for that reason. And uh, if there's any quarterback in the top 10 this year to swing it in the top 10, it is for me uh, Malik Willis. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit scary to take a quarterback that early, especially one with Malik Willis's uh, erratic nature on tape. But that's why the combine was big for him. That's why the interviews were big for him. I'm not going to hold it against him that he was looking to make explosive plays when he was playing with future accountants um, out there at Liberty, you know, guys working for enterprise or something in the future. The one, um, that, the one that scares me is, is Jay Cutler. Cause I made that excuse for him when he was at Vanderbilt, you know, he's playing with a bunch of guys. He was the best guy on the field and he got into the habit or that's just maybe who he was of trying to do too much. Yep. And he never got out of it. So he was always throwing interceptions at the, at the NFL level too. Phrase I used was the dumbest smart guy I ever scouted. Cause he was always doing stupid stuff with the ball. He never yeah. broke that habit of trying to do too much which he had to do at Vanderbilt to try and to try and make up for the lack of talent. Yep. Can Malik do that? I think he probably can. I think he can, yep. but we don't know. And that's why the uh, and that's why the intelligence and character and work ethic factors really matter for Malik Willis. If the tape was great, um, then I wouldn't have as much issues with that. But is it is he trying to do so much because a he can and b he had to, a la uh, Josh Allen his senior year at Wyoming where he lost four future NFL players from his offense from junior year to senior year. And uh uh-oh, now I have to do even more out there. I have to make the explosive plays, even if they're lower probability, not the best process because I can and I have to. Um, Or is it, I just, I don't really understand what I'm doing and uh, I need to get out there and make explosive plays because it's fun. You know, it's, it's the Cutler or the Josh Allen, not saying they're exactly one for one player wise, but what they're doing on the field and how it translates being on a very subpar talent team around them. So it will be interesting. Uh, the other thing I like about Malik Willis fit in Denver is that it's not like you're going to be pulling an offense from thin air. There are concepts around the NFL that are being implemented or have been implemented that you can pull from to probably get Willis out there sooner than later and make it easier for him day one. Uh, one team that makes a lot of sense that you can watch. Oh, it's the West Coast wide zone offense, guys. What Nick Ciarini did last year with Jalen Hurts. That's a copy paste uh, for what you could probably do with Malik Willis, except Malik Willis has is a better athlete with a better arm. Um, I'm also be curious to maybe use some of the Lamar Jackson uh, offense, um, pull some concepts from that. Also very curious to see what the likes of Kyle Shanahan does with Trey Lance. Um, so will be really interesting. If you do bring in Willis, I'm hoping you're bringing in a quarterback like a uh, Marcus Mariota year one to not force Malik Willis on the field until you feel like he's ready. Give him the answers to the test. So instead of, uh, you know, one read, oh, it's not there. Tuck it and run. He's going through his progressions and only running when he has to. Um, but uh, I I think the way the board played out, this is probably about what I would have done as well. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, I was considering. Jordan Davis, I would have considered as well. Um, but those guys off the board, if, if the board didn't fall exactly how it would have, I probably would have said take one of those other guys that went <clears throat> one through eight beforehand. And I, I think but, with two second round picks, you can get your edge. I might be yep. able to get my tackle. I don't want Trevor. Yeah, I could use a tackle, but I don't want Trevor Penning at nine. There's not another tackle I want at nine. Um, so that wasn't that wasn't the guy. No. Do I trust Stingley enough to go corner there? Mm, no. Do I need another wide receiver? No. Um, that would be kind of, and again, I don't want to just reach, but if I'm going to reach, it's going to reach for a quarterback that has the tools that he does. Then then I'm going to reach a little bit. Is that a reach? Is he a reach at nine? Maybe when we say don't reach, Yeah. but. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And we got Alex coming in here saying uh, Corral ran RPOs. He'd be a better fit than Willis. Corral doesn't have the arm talent or the athleticism that uh, Malik Willis has. 
And, well, and, other- and we're not running an option. You know, no. it is the run pass option. But if your quarterback has more than four or five designed runs in, in a game, he's not going to last. No, like you, you can have him scramble, you know, read one, read two and scramble. That's one thing. But, you know, I'm, I'm not looking for Jamel Holloway here. Or Tim Tebow, uh, Jamel Holloway is a, uh, a an age check for some of y'all out there. Um, you, you don't want him running the ball 20 times. That's you're not, he's not going to last. Yep. Absolutely. And the thing about Corral too, and this is a good point brought up by um, Mark Schofield, who does a lot of uh, quarterback analysis. He's a Patriots um, over on Lockdown Patriots. Had him on the show a few times. He's a for- former college quarterback making a, making a good career, um, carving out the draft media cycle for uh, evaluating quarterbacks. Big question for Corral. Why in the hell did Lane Kiffin do everything he possibly could in his power to take the ball out of Corral's hand on third down? <laughs> That's what I said. I'm like, yep. what do you think of Corral? I'm like, every time I watched him, they only ran the ball. I never yep. saw him throw. On third down especially, which is the money down. And it was like, oh, he dropped his interceptions this year. He didn't throw it on pass downs this year. Um, and I guess the ball is in his hands because a lot of it is quarterback options centric. But uh, they didn't trust him enough a lot of times to throw it on third down, which is a concern. Um, no doubt about it. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I like Corral a lot, but not not in the top 10. Um, if Corral had a better arm or was thicker in the base, uh, a little bit more explosive, then maybe we could talk about it. But it's just, it's not enough. And I was talking with somebody out there like, oh, Corral's got a good arm. He wouldn't have a top 20 arm in the NFL um, coming in next year. There's guys with much better arm talent than him. Corral's twitchy. Corral's good at putting the ball in place, but doesn't really have a uh, extra ability. He's just so skinny in the base too. It kind of concerns me. But um, he's definitely an RPO quarterback, but I think he's not going to he doesn't scare opposing defenses with the RPO look like Malik Willis would, you know, you have to account for him on that run where Corral, it's like, Oh, if he takes off, we'll live with it. Yeah. Willis not only are going to live with it, he ain't going to last the end of the game. We're going to break yeah. him in half. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Well, not guys, good. Nick, it's probably time to get us out of here. Just doing that. Yep. It's time to get out of here. We'll talk a little bit more combine stuff uh, tomorrow. Um, a little bit unfortunate the way that mock draft played out there for us because I was hoping to maybe get one of those other guys there. But it's interesting because the first time ever we'd mocked a quarterback to the Broncos there at nine. So really exciting to see that. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Um, You can follow Scott on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. You can follow me on Twitter as well. I am at Nick Kendall, M-H-H. Uh, make sure you go. Oh, well, real quick. Um, Go ahead, Scott. I'm seeing red again. The closer's coming in. The TFAR fund is still alive. The trade for Aaron Rodgers fund. Ethan, thank you so much. So it's part of the closer. You know, today's episode was brought to you by the DWI guys. Green Bay gets Malik Willis at nine. Nice pick, Scott. Great show, gents. You know, could happen. So what do they get next year? That's the thing is if, if that trade happens, that, that that first round pick in 2023 that just became a 30 to 32 pick for the Green Bay Packers. Yep. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's uh that'd be great. Um and that could happen. Hopefully we'll get some resolution by uh by Tuesday. Uh, who knows. And then we got Kathy come back and if Willis get, can't play, if Willis gets to play against a Fangio D and can't run, um that's going to be a way a way down the line uh where he can't run um unless he suffers a catastrophic injury, but he's any that can happen to anybody, right? You don't Unless he has a history of that, which he doesn't, um, I'm not really going to say hold that against him. Um, and the thing about the ability to run is I think there's a a relationship here. I, I wish I could find a graph that could explain it where you need your quarterback's mental cerebral ability to take over once the physical abilities start to diminish. 
So these first few years, the physical ability given in the answers. Um, and once that starts, actually, actually it'd be the other way. Once that starts to fall, you need the cerebral pocket ability to take over. Didn't happen for Cam Newton did happen for John Elway, you know? So sometimes um, it's part of that quarterback developmental uh, learning curve. Um, and uh, like Lamar last season, they made him pass. They made Lamar pass the ball, didn't they? Yep. But he's also a former MVP that if they had it around him correctly early on, they probably could have already held the Lombardi up. Um, Lamar, because of his athleticism, it's been simpler for him early on, oh, right. and it's an instant offense. And Lamar put up video game numbers at Louisville. I mean, he was... Yeah. We talk about, you know, voter fatigue. Lamar should have won the back-to-back Heisman trophies. It's like, oh, we already gave it to this. Let's look somebody else. We well, we were trying to get going. Jeez. Michael yeah. says, uh, we'll stick around for a little while now. Michael says, great show today. Appreciate you, Michael. Yeah. John Clay eventing coming in. So morning, gents. I agree, Willis is a guy you need to take a flyer on. I think he will be a star. Yeah, I, I guess the best draft is when you take the best player available and meet a need. He's not the best player available, at least right now at this stage of the process, but he could be. And by God, there's a big need there. Yep. So if you're going to reach reach on a quarterback that you think that has all the upside in the world, if you're going to reach on a wide receiver, reach on a guy running four threes. If you're, yep. you're going to reach on, on a, an offensive tackle, reach on the guy that's 6-7. If you're going to reach on a quarterback, get the one that can run a 4-5 and throw the ball through a, a brick wall. So yep. I... Uh, I would be very intrigued. And again, another reason for me to root for the Denver Broncos, Malik went to high school about 15 minutes from my house. Yeah. And uh, it sounds like he's a very fun character as well. Broncos football would be fun again. And you need to create explosive plays with your offense. You know, when's the last time a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning was drafted and worked for, you know, multiple years in the NFL. It's been a bit that the pure pocket boy has been great. So um, we'll see um, what happens here. Uh, we got to get on out of here though, guys, man, it's too, too much fun. Having a lot of fun on here. Make sure you're following us at huddle up pod and at mile high huddle. If you guys are on Facebook, like Kathy, um, make sure you're joining us at uh, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod, as well as facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, guys, please, 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 please go to Apple iTunes. Uh, leave a five-star review, leave a comment, uh, say, Hey, Nick and Scott are idiots. They took Malik Willis instead of nose tackle Jordan Davis. Let us hear it, man. I'm I'm about it. Tell us why. Um, give us those reasons. Also, guys, if you want to support the show, I uh, Michael Ronquillo just flashed his uh, Broncos for breakfast mug. Which, gosh, I forgot mine this morning. Um, a little bit of a tizzy to get in here. I'm drinking just straight out of the thermos. But if you guys like the mug, make sure you head to huddleuppod.com to check out the gear there. Get a mile high huddle mug. Um, and add us on Twitter when you do get it. Uh, that's it's a lot of fun to see that. It's really weird to see something out there. Uh, with my name on it and my name spelled right as well. That's typically Ken, <laughs> Kendall. No, Ken, Kendall, Kendall. We'll, we'll get it right. But uh, make sure you guys supporting us there as well. Uh, Scott, what's the rest of the day you look like for you? A lot more. Uh, I combine my wife's birthday, actually. So happy Ooh. birthday, Ryan. Well, that's so we went out last it. night. We went out last night for dinner. Uh, so I was a little late to the show. Uh, and then Mondays are, you know, kids nights. So got to run kids to different practices. My son had four baseball games and two soccer games over the weekend. So that was my weekend. Uh, and Wyatt, apologies. You're right. I didn't see this one. It snuck by me. He says, get edge at nine. And if Stingley does fall in the 20s, I'd love to see a trade back in the first round to grab him. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. I haven't seen a, I, I've been, I have not been an advocate for trading back up. Uh, but if he gets a clean bill of health and is still around in the 20s and you want to trade your two number twos to get Stingley. Yeah, I could probably live with that. I could probably with that. Wyatt. Yeah, I, uh, I could live with it too. Um, Broncos definitely need pass rush as well. Um, there's 
got to get got to get after the quarterback with better pass rush and it's not just you'd be fine going to next year with Malik Reed and Bradley Chubb and Jonathan Cooper like you have some competency there but two of those guys um are free agents after next season and uh there's been a lot of injuries so i think regardless of what happens you're going to see the Broncos make a uh, unless they trade for Aaron Rodgers no Aaron Rodgers means they're going to make a big splash and give a big contract to a pass rusher because they need that prior to the draft. Nick, I have PS, PTSD from the word fine. It's been over 30 years since a girl I dated. She said, how do I look? I said, you look fine. You know, that was a compliment from a dude. Yeah. Fine. You would have thought I smacked her in the face. You can be fine with those guys at at, at edge, but you don't want to be fine. Fine's an yeah. F letter, four letter word to some people. So you yeah. want to be better than that. Yep. Um, and, and again, if you go quarterback at nine, there's going to be a couple of edges in the second round. And also, if you go quarterback at nine, you get that cost-controlled quarterback where you can afford to pay a Chandler Jones a big deal or a Zedarius Smith or no, I get a... to use all that open salary cap money. Yep, exactly. So it's just it's changing the math, um, so to speak. So we'll be fun. We'll get a little bit into more at next year as more combine information comes out. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Make sure you tune in tonight for a huddle up episode and uh, come back tomorrow to, to hang out with Scott and I for Broncos for breakfast. We are live at uh, 730 Mountain Time on every Monday, Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Man, I'm so excited about the the work that's coming down here, the content, the discussions that we're going to have with all you guys uh, leading up to the free agency and, and the draft. It's going to be a lot of fun. We appreciate you guys. Uh, have a great one. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.